Today is Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The Durham report comes back with a scathing rebuke of the FBI's handling of the Trump probe. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast for bringing you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Let's get through the news of the Cray together. We are doing it here each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. This morning with Billy Hallowell and Trey Goins Phillips. What's up, fellas? Happy hump day. What's going on? I mean, I can see Friday on the horizon, but <laughs> it's I don't right know to come because I'm having such a great week. I'm having right? so- We're having such a good party here that the weekend, we just don't need it. We're not ready for it. <laughs> it can wait. It can wait. It can wait. Speak for yourselves. But anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's get through the podcast. But uh, we have well, look, my daughter's graduating as my first child that's graduating, and I, you know, I kind of want to slow time down. That's all I'm saying. You know, yeah. I just say yeah. it's it's too that's fast. Exciting, you blink, though. you blink, and it's gone. But yeah, um, it is exciting. It is fun. It's all good things. But I digress. Uh, what do we have coming up on the uh, focus story, fellas? We are going to be talking about Tim Mahoney and his Patterns of Evidence film. It's his seventh film in the series, and we'll get into that. We had a chance to talk with him about it. All right. Looking forward to that. Speaking uh, on the main thing today, we're going to have CBN's Gary Lane, who talked to a pastor about California's reparations task force and how they're trying to get these billions of dollars um, to descendants of slaves. What's the biblical approach? Gary gets into that on today's main thing. But first, we're going to head through the news here in 90 seconds. Special counsel John Durham, who was tasked by former Attorney General Bill Barr to examine the propriety of the FBI's investigation of President Trump, former President Trump, they released a 320-page report on Monday... It found that the FBI had no evidence to support a Trump-Russia scandal, which is what we heard about in the media for pretty much the entirety of former President Trump's term. But they had no evidence when it began its investigation and found, quote, sobering differences in how it approached the Trump probe compared to other politically sensitive investigations. And California has agreed to pay $1.4 million in attorney's fees to four churches following two separate rulings that determine the First Amendment of the U.S. protects churches from having to fund abortion coverage in their health care plans. The Alliance of Defending Freedom represented these churches in those cases and said it's a significant victory for churches uh, that we represent the conscious right of their members and other religious organizations that shouldn't be ordered by the government to violate some of their deepest faith convictions. And Kathy Keller, the wife of pastor and Christian author Tim Keller, shared new health update on social media requesting prayer for her husband after he suffered complications from his recent cancer treatment. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Guys, obviously, prayers for Tim Keller, very well-known, at times controversial. I mean, he just... he. He posts sometimes very short things on Twitter, and it causes people now that are looking to argue over everything to argue about the what did he really mean. But he's obviously contributed a lot to the Christian cause and writing over the years. And, you know, we should be praying for him as he's going through this cancer diagnosis. 
Yeah, some people have likened him to a modern C.S. Lewis. Not everybody would agree with that, but some but some have. I mean, he's had some pretty prolific writings mm-hmm. over the years, and it's always hard in these in these circumstances when somebody like that is going through this. It just kind of reminds us of our humanity and you know points us, I think, more toward the truth as believers. And yeah, we got to be praying for him and for his family, his wife, and, and his loved ones. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think for people, despite him being a controversial character in some circles, I think the fact that he's done so much to um, elevate the intellectual conversation about God, uh, I think has been helpful for the Christian movement, right? He's given people handles to how to navigate the intellectual side. And then, of course, that has to pour into a spiritual side, which he talks about readily. So uh, he definitely has done a lot of good, I think, overall for for Western Christianity, I think, in our generation. Uh, And then, like you said, Billy, you know, regardless of what people might think of his opinions on certain issues, uh, it's a he's a brother in Christ, and he's his wife is a sister in Christ, and they're suffering and going through uh, this cancer battle. So we certainly should be lifting them up in in prayers and praying for wisdom for the doctors and and all of that. Cancer is just awful. I mean, there's not a, not a one of us here who isn't impacted by cancer, and uh, it's it's not fun. Just praying for him as he goes through this, and uh, hopefully the treatments are successful. We're going to move on now here to the focus story and there is a filmmaker on a quest to find the true location of mount sinai i love i love all these when people are trying to find different evidences of things that we read about in the bible and this is certainly one of them of course mount sinai where god presented the ten commandments to moses and first directed the israelites to worship him there so what uh what is the latest on this yeah, this is interesting because we've had Timothy Mahoney on before. He is a longtime filmmaker. He has spent the last 20 years exploring the Exodus, looking at archaeology, history, science, and really trying to discern evidence for the Old Testament, particularly the claims surrounding Moses, as you just mentioned. He has a new film, Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai, Part 2. Uh, he released Part 1 back in October. And this is actually really just um, a continuation, but it's an investigation. It's an exploration through science. Again, he doesn't just go out there and, and randomly, you know, sort of pick locations. He goes to the historic locations, the places where Mount Sinai might have actually been, right, or places where people believe it is. And he investigates the likelihood that those locations are um, possibly actually the Mount Sinai we read about in the Old Testament. And so pretty, pretty powerful, interesting film. Now, part one and part two, again, Part one was back in October. These are standalone films. Um, this hits theaters actually today. It'll be in theaters. Um, and and then it'll be released out on video. So if you don't make it to the theater, you'll be able to uh, to check it out. But, you know, I love his I love his method, which is a very intellectual method. He's a very strong believer. Um, but he approaches it by trying to really break down each piece of evidence, as I said. So yeah. pretty cool stuff. Yeah, well, what is, I mean, obviously a lot of people have been looking at these sorts of things. What's the unique part of his research? Yeah, you know, the unique part, I think, of his research is that it's comprehensive, that he is looking at every single element of it to try to put a puzzle together and to try to come up with what he believes is the most likely um, location. Uh, but, But also the thing about his work that I think is incredibly unique is the the more he's done, this is the seventh Patterns of Evidence film in this series, the closer he's gotten to his faith, that as a filmmaker looking for evidence, he's become a stronger Christian, and he believes as time goes on that the evidence he is finding actually points to the veracity of 
the Bible, to all 66 books of the Bible. And that that is unique and powerful and really fun to see. What's he uh, hoping that people take away from this? You know, he said that he's hoping that people see something bigger than just evidence from Mount Sinai, that they see an ultimate purpose for their life, that they see a purpose for the lives of those around them, that they were created to worship God. He's hoping that um, that this film builds people's faith up. His own faith was built up working on this project and the six that came before it. Um, and so he's really hoping that through that historical, archaeological, and logical approach, that faith will be built up in viewers. Hmm. I'm always fascinated when people are finding these things. Like, And you just see so many times when God seems to always provide some little nugget, something to kind of bolster our faith as we see the reality of the things we read about in Scripture. Yeah, you know, I think what's so cool about Mahoney's story, and Billy, you highlighted this, is the fact that he has drawn closer to the Lord as the Lord's drawn him closer to himself as he's done these films over the years. And it reminds me of like Lee Strobel story, right? He was a journalist. He was an atheist. He was going about a, an effort to disprove God. And then, of course, we all famously know he ended up becoming a Christian and wrote the book, The Case for Christ, which is later turned into a movie. And he's kind of launched a ministry since then. So the way that God can pull people in with through his Holy Spirit uh, and, and bring conviction to them when they're actually going either just to to learn more about God, or in Strobel's case, to actually disprove God, uh, and still it just proves that the Holy Spirit is more powerful than anything we can we can come up with. Indeed. All right. Well, that's a good place to leave it on that one. We're going to head uh, over to the main thing now, and speaking with CBN's Gary Lane, Pastor David Anderson of Gracism Global, he calls it, weighed in on California's reparations task force and the recommendation to pay billions of dollars to african-american descendants of slaves what's the biblical approach how should christians respond that is all covered and more on today's main thing A reparations panel in the state of California is calling for billions of dollars to be paid to african-american descendants of slaves the task force believes reparations would be the best way to make amends for generations of harm and discrimination experienced by the state's black residents. Well, here to set us straight on this controversial issue is David Anderson. Pastor Anderson is author of the book, Gracism, the Art of Inclusion. He's also founder of Gracism Global, an organization that bridges cultural, faith, race, and wealth divides in American society. David, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. So reparations, good idea, bad idea, will they help heal old wounds between races in American society? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, Gary. And, you know, reparations has been a controversial issue since 1865 with uh, the order, the special order number 15 of 40 acres and a mule. You may remember that where freed slaves were promised 40 acres to get integrated into society as free blacks. Uh, but then after Abraham Lincoln, uh, President Andrew Johnson reversed the order. So they never got the land or the capital, which is what the mules, mule was, uh, to own their own businesses or to build their own lives. So it's been controversial since that very first uh, time of blacks being freed. And we're continuing uh, to talk about it. Is it a good idea? I think it's a great idea to figure out what's the best way to repair the wounds and to bring healing uh, to a historical past that has been very detrimental to the Black family. Uh, let's get into this a little bit, David, if you don't mind, because it seems that throwing money at a problem is always the American way, isn't it? 
but I know it's going to take a little more than that. I know Christians uh, who believe that you don't just remedy an injustice by creating another one. And some Americans, like Native Americans, Japanese Americans, even some Chinese Americans, others say they believe they too are owed reparations as well. So where does it end? Do we just keep going down this road? How do we overcome this without creating more discrimination? What's the biblical way? Well, thanks for asking the question. You know, we see a biblical example in Luke 19 with Jesus and Zacchaeus. He ripped people off, and by the time his heart was changed, he was paying people back four times what he ripped them off at. I do think that that's a great principle for us to think about. One, it has to change at the heart level. And then two, it has to change at the hand level. And so what am I supposed to do if if something is stolen from me, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to return it, you know? And so how do we how do we say our hearts are so broken by what has taken place uh, in our history for the black family that we can think through strategically with the right heart uh, how to repair it and not throw money at it? Because when you throw money at something, you're right. Nobody gets to spend anything that's thrown. You got to catch it. It's thrown because you really don't want to give it to somebody. So I think the best way to think about it is how do we invest? How do we return? And how do we repair uh, so that all of us as Americans can try to find a place of of racial healing. And, and truly making a difference. And, and investment is That's a good right. idea. That So also, David, we saw the shutdown of the subway system in New York City this week in protest of the death of Jordan Neely. Now, witnesses say he threatened subway passengers. That's when a 24-year-old Marine stepped in, put him in a chokehold to prevent him from harming people. Neely later died. And those protesters insist the Marine's response was racially motivated. What do you think? The reports are not that he threatened, but that people felt threatened because he was uh, yelling and screaming, but he wasn't uh, attacking individuals. Of course, I wasn't there. Now, there's something in me as a veteran that would always want to step in and be protective of the innocent. And so if I saw someone like him make a move towards someone else, I might step in. uh, But my goal would not be to kill the person. I don't think that was the goal of this Marine veteran, but when you choke out somebody, uh, unfortunately, there are all kinds of implications that come with that. And there has to become accountability for that behavior. You can't just kill someone and then walk away and it's okay. Now, when you have a white man and a black man, that just takes it to another level, right, because of the racial issues within America. Do I think it was racially motivated? I don't think it was racially motivated. But I do think something is important for my white brothers and sisters to understand. Whenever you're interacting with uh, the Black community, given how hostile uh, the relations between whites and blacks are, you really need to think twice about the certain actions that you take if it's in conflict whether it's a policeman or whether it's uh, somebody walking their dog and you call the police on a black man, really think about the interactions with black people because black lives do matter. And unfortunately, um, people who look like me, if we're not careful, can end up dead even though we're unarmed or because we make a mistake. Yeah, a lot of mistakes out there and not a lot of love. What role should pastors and other Christians then play 
uh, and helping to build bridges in our society in situations like these and that we've talked about in others. It's so important for us to have the love of Christ, like you mentioned. And as pastors, you know, I think that we not only have to pray for people, but shepherd people as they have to deal with some of these social issues. And that's exactly what Paul did in 1 Corinthians 12. While he was talking about the diversity within the body, he actually mentioned race and culture and class and social status. When you go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, he says, whether Jews or Greek, that's race and culture. Whether slaves are free, that's class and social status. We're all given one spirit to drink. We're all baptized by one spirit. So within the body of Christ, not only do we come together, but we need the Holy Spirit to really help us figure out, God, what is the wisest way to show your love in this situation? Okay, the book is Gracism, The Art of Inclusion. And I guess, David, it's just been updated. Is that correct? The newly updated and expanded edition comes out this week. I hope you'll go to gracismglobal.com and get the book right away. Okay, Pastor David Anderson, always a pleasure talking with you, and thank you for providing those insights. We appreciate it. God bless you, Gary. All right, Gary, thanks so much for that conversation with Pastor David Anderson there. Appreciate that. That's going to leave us here with time for one last thing. Yeah, we're going to look at Psalm 136, the first verse. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And it just, it reminds me that gratitude and thankfulness is something we have to practice. It's something we get better at the more that we do it because it's not our natural human inclination. So this is a basic verse, but I think it's a really important reminder. I like that. Absolutely. Good spot to leave it here on the podcast today. And as always, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. And Lord willing, in that creek don't rise, we will be back here tomorrow with more of the same. God bless. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. See you back here tomorrow.